guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't. But I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. In honor of Veterans Day today, I wanted to highlight not only the amazing journeys of men and women in the armed forces, but the incredible resources and programs that are available to veterans. Today's guests are former Navy SEAL Commander John McCaskill and Navy Nurse Corps veteran Jackie Chirac. After serving in countries like Iraq and Afghanistan during his time in the military, John now works as a mindfulness and meditation teacher and is the Deputy Executive Director of the nonprofit organization Veterans Path. Jackie is a Chopra certified wellness coach, yoga instructor, founder of the platform Solidarity of Sisters, and is the Director of Women's Programs for Veterans Path. Veterans Path supports veterans transitioning to civilian life by providing them with programs and resources that center around mindfulness, meditation, and community. Coming from a military family myself, I wanted to shine a light on those that have served and also highlight the work being done for veterans by organizations like Veterans Path to help any other current or former service members or military families out there in need of support. I am so excited for John and Jackie to share their stories of working with Veterans Path and discuss their call to serve with you all. So you know what to do, turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Well, today we are joined by John McCaskill and Jackie Chirac. John, you're a former Navy SEAL commander and the deputy executive director for Veterans Path. And Jackie, you're a wellness coach, yoga instructor. You served in the Navy Nurse Corps, and you're the director of women's programs at Veterans Path. So thank you both for coming on to chat and share your stories and talk about this amazing organization. Thank you so much for having us. We're of course, of course. So for those who don't know, I guess let's just get into Veterans Path, what it is. It's a nonprofit organization that enables returning veterans to rediscover meaning, purpose, and joy in their lives through mindfulness, meditation, and a supportive community, which I love. So if you both want to dive in, I guess where we can start is if you both want to dive into your backgrounds with service, and we can then get into how that brought you to Veterans Path. Sure. Uh, I'll I'll jump in um, just uh, because I I guess because I've been with Veterans Path a little bit longer than Jackie, and uh, because of no other reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Veterans Path, I'll explain a little bit about it, and then how I became a part of it, and then um, go from there. So Veterans Path was founded in 2008 by Lee Lesser and Chris Fortin, um, both women uh, in the Berkeley, California area, that saw that veterans were returning from combat with uh, moral injury, post-traumatic stress, um, just a a list of mental challenges, anxiety, stress, depression, uh, and then just overall performing at a level that they were uh, performing lower than they had been prior to. And Lee and Chris thought that with their skills, they're both mindfulness meditation teachers, sensory awareness, Zen teachers, that 
they could teach these skills to veterans to help them reachieve a sense of peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. And that's where PATH in, in, our, work, in our name comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're originally called Honoring the Path of the Warrior, and it got rebranded to Veterans Path just in the past few years. And they started small, kind of grassroots, teaching local veterans the, the practices, the life-changing and life-saving practices of mindfulness and meditation, and it was effective. So they continued doing what they are doing. Word got out. At the time, it was very much word of mouth. Um, mm-hmm. And it grew and, and continued to grow, became a nonprofit, had a full board established, gained contributions through donations and fundraising, and, and it was kind of just snowballed from there. And last year, in um, the fall of 2019, Lee and Chris turned it over to Dave Drake, our executive director, and myself as the deputy executive director, and we taken uh, a pivot, if you will, with Veterans Path, and we've historically served veterans, and by the word veterans, I mean those who have exited the military and hung up their uniform and are no longer serving, Mm -hmm. and in the last year or so, we've started serving veterans, continuing to serve veterans, but also those who are in the middle of or beginning their military transition, so they're still active duty members but transitioning out of the service, preparing to become a veteran. Um, because that phase in and of itself is a stressful time. Sure. Uh, so that's that's our, our new pivot. And then the, the additional pivot came from COVID. So it was a forced pivot on us where we've done in-person retreats in the past. But because of COVID, we've had to transition to online programming almost mm-hmm. exclusively. Uh, we're basically the the whole uh, pandemic. Um, That was something we were going to do anyhow. It's just that COVID accelerated that timeline, (laughs) put some other things on the back burner. So it's been an interesting year, much like we were discussing before you hit the record button. Uh Uh, That's a a little bit about Veterans Path, and I'll I'll let Jackie get into uh, her part, and uh, and then we can go a little bit further. Great. Yeah, so um, I joined the military out of high school. Um, I signed up, well, I applied to be uh, a midshipman. I applied for an ROTC scholarship um, Mm -hmm. to Villanova and I got it. So that was really born out of um, really not knowing a lot about the military, to be completely (laughs) honest. Um, My, both my grandfathers had served um, in World War II, but um, other than that, I didn't really have any relationship, but my dad had lost his job uh, working in the city. And my family had gone through a bout of being really sick with Lyme disease. And so I kind of fell into this role of the family caretaker and Mm -hmm. also needed a way to pay for college, just to be really blunt. And I thought, you know, join the Navy, see the world, right? Like, that sounds like a cool idea. I can do that. (laughs) So uh, I joined RTC out of high school and that's where I did all my training at Villanova, became a nurse and got commissioned, um, into the nurse corps back in 2009. Um, got stationed in San Diego, same year that I, right before I I became an officer, I got married. 
um, to my college boyfriend who was also in the military and, um, we bought a house, we got a dog, (laughs) we did all the things in one year and, um, and then he got ready to deploy. So I was working, you know, night shifts at the hospital, taking care of a puppy Mm -hmm. and, um, really knew that this was going to be a challenging experience, um, him being gone for eight months, but also didn't really know what that was going to be like, right? Never done that before. Mm-hmm. And so I started asking like, oh, you know, this seems like it's going to be hard. And uh, the responses I got were like, no, oh, like, you'll be fine. <laughs> Just, you seem like you have a good head on your shoulders. And I was like, oh, it seems like you need more than that. But I'm like, okay. Uh, well, it turns out like, I did have a few tools in my tool basket, but not nearly enough to cope just with the stress and the challenges and the constant change that came with the military life. And, you know, it's kind of ironic (laughs) because I'm somebody who thrives in structure. Mm -hmm. And when I joined the military, it was like, oh, like there's rules here. Like you're going to you know know exactly what you're doing. And I think from the outside, I mean, you know, because you've lived the military life. Right. Um, you know, from the outside, it may look like that, but when you're in it, like things change on a moment's notice mm-hmm. and you have to be so flexible and you have to be so adaptable and just really roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. And those were skills that I didn't really have. And so, you know, in nursing school, I learned how to take care of other people. And um, the military taught me how to sacrifice for the greater good, but nobody really taught me how to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And so my path to meditation and mindfulness really came about from seeking a better way to take care of myself so that I could thrive in this environment rather than like just paddling to stay above water from either deployment to deployment or work trip to work trip, shift to shift, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my road kind of, I I went a bunch of different ways. So I know like in my profile, it's like yoga teacher, you know, (laughs) corporate center, Ayurvedic practitioner, you know, meditation instructor, Reiki practitioner. Basically I was like, give me all the tools. (laughs) I want to take care of myself. I want to feel good. Um, So that all of my teaching now is really born out of a desire to take care of myself and to show up as a better human, to show up as a better wife a better nurse, a better, um, you know, military service member, and eventually a better mom, because Mm -hmm. having two young boys also required me to kind of revamp my practices and what that looked like so that I could take care of myself while also raising tiny humans. So I, um, I had the fortune this past year, as I began developing my own company to serve military spouses to get introduced to John And, uh, we met through a mutual friend who was like, you and John both have this passion for meditation and mindfulness. Like, (laughs) I think you two should meet. And so we did, and we were, you know, kind of creating this couples retreat down here in Virginia beach and then COVID. Right. Mm -hmm. So that got squashed. And, um, a couple, maybe a month later, John reached back out and, said that, you know, they were really looking for somebody to help support and stand up um, the women's programs that, you know, that was such a central focus of Veterans Path for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And just there was a gap in it. And would I be interested? And it immediately touched on my heart center because, you know, for me, after I hung up my uniform back in 
2013, I had really stepped into the role of being a military spouse. And that was my connection and relationship with the military. But the truth was I was also a veteran and had a lot of pride and connection and um, camaraderie with other people that served and other women that have served. And so it was a beautiful uh, opportunity to come on board and be part of the kick-ass team. Like I just, I got to say that like every single person on veterans path is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of fun and we get to do a really great um, service to those in our community because at the end of the day, we get to give back to those that um, have given to our country. So it's, it's a pretty awesome gig. I can't uh, say anything <laughs> else about it um, other than I'm very grateful. Right. <laughs> well, like you said, Jackie, um, I am really happy you're on as well to uh, share your voice and your perspective um, and talk about the women's program that you are working towards at Veterans Path. Um, because I think that's very important. Um, military, in, in my mind, and I'm sure many people, they think of it as a very male-dominated industry, profession, I guess you could say. Um, and it is. <laughs> but there's also a ton of female service members and their voices and their struggles as well, as you mentioned, are very valid. So another thing you brought up, which I think is a great segue into our next topic, you brought up how uh, there's an irony when you uh, think of like the typical military profession. It's being given a lot of tasks. And like you said, you thought your schedule would be very concise and you'd know exactly what every second of the day you would be doing. And I guess in structure, it is like that. Um, you know, my dad will talk about it all the time when he served and, uh, it's every day you wake up at a specific time, you make your bed by a specific time, but your, the trajectory of your profession, um, how long you serve, that's all undetermined. Um, your location, where your family life is going to be planted, that's all undetermined. So there's a lot of things there that um, I think you had mentioned as well that can be very stressful. Uh, if you have a spouse, if you have a dog, if you have kids, that all becomes uh, very stressful and can be a hindrance as well. So how then, if you want to talk about Veterans Path and the programs that you provide for service members, for their families, um, if you want to get into that a little bit. Uh, what, what we've historically done, and this is also pre-COVID, and then I'll get into what we're doing now with COVID, but uh, historically we've done one-day events that we call Pathfinder events. And those Pathfinder events are co-ed, where we bring in veterans uh, and basically spend one day out in nature, either you know doing mountain climbing or rock climbing, not not, not mountains, but rocks, <laughs> um, doing you know some hiking, doing um, essentially whitewater rafting, that kind of one day event. Um, so there is physical and outdoor activities as well as the mindfulness meditation. And then there's the camaraderie that's built in that community during those one day events. Um, then we had three day events and uh, those were also co-ed again, whitewater rafting, some type of physical activity outdoors typically. And then we have what, what we call our anchor programs. 
and those are the, the programs where we have men on one side and women not, not physically on one side or the other, but we have two, two different programs <laughs> where we have men and women. Um, group one, we have run um, one women's program, um, anchor program virtually, and, and Jackie was a part of that, and I'll let her get into that shortly. But again, historically, those, those have all been in, in person. And then, uh, Jack, before I just hand it up to you, the, the other virtual events that we've been doing is what we call the MAP program, the Military Mindfulness Action Processes. It's an online program. Uh, it's five weeks long, meeting twice a week for half an hour each time, virtually, via uh, our partner platform called eMindful, where we ha- it's live, but it is online. And then if the, if the attendees can't make it, they can watch the recorded sessions. But it's where they learn the practices of mindfulness and meditation. Obviously, it being virtual, there are limitations. Sure. Uh, but Jackie can talk through that virtual anchor program and speak to the efficacy of even online mindfulness training and how powerful it can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I had the pleasure of participating as it was kind of like a, a double-hatted experience in the beginning. I um, was learning how to facilitate and then also being a participant. Um, and I know I've done this a few times, but like by day two, like that co-facilitator hat was out the window. I was like full <laughs> into the practice and just like soaking in all the goodness. Um, and, and I'll be honest, like I was blown away, you know, in my 10 years of going on retreats and doing this type of um, self-awareness work. I had never done an all women's retreat and I had never done a virtual retreat mm-hmm. and, um, and it was powerful, you know, in so many ways. And what you touched on before, right. Is this, the truth is, you know, it, it's very obvious if you just look at statistics and all that and, and how the military was started, right. It's a very hyper masculine world. Sure. And, and a lot of that was just born out of, well, it was men that served. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when women came in, it was really like the model never changed to adapt to the strengths of women. It was just like the women fit into this masculine model for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, and we have evolved and come a long way um, in many regards, but it is this very like masculine focused um, environment. And so being able to connect with these women who um, have all had very unique experiences, all different lengths of careers, all different branches of service, but we've all had this shared experience of serving our country, being able to connect with each other and just have that shared camaraderie was so powerful. And, um, and that vulnerability that I'll be honest was I was like shocked was possible in a virtual setting because, you know, I'm used to doing retreats in person and you have that connection and you're in a room sharing energy and, you know, we're on like 25 of us on a Zoom screen. <laughs> and by day two, like we all had bonded and I've got to give mad props to, you know, Lee Lesser who facilitated and, and ran that program. And, you know, she was able to really hold such beautiful space for these women to show up and for us to connect and drop in and get whatever it was we needed out of that experience, mm-hmm. um, not only learn and practice the tools, but really use the, the power of storytelling 
um, which is something that, you know, I think in our culture right now, people are becoming more aware of like the power of, of your story. And there's an opportunity in this program to really share from the heart. And um, for me, it was a very powerful experience. And, and I believe for every single woman who did it and to really step into that space of vulnerability and share something that maybe they've never told anyone before, whether it was about their experience in the military or not. Um, and just to be heard by other women without judgment, but with compassion and, um, and then to be able to balance that with these tools of meditation and mindfulness and grounding so that you can process that and also like continue to have the tools to take care of yourself going forward. And the thing that's very unique also about this anchor program is it's, it's, five days immersive, but then it's four months long. So for four months, you have regular check-ins with your small group and with your facilitator so that as you're using these tools and bringing them into your daily life, because right, like life happens, it goes on and um, you're able to kind of lean on each other and talk through and have that continued support. Whereas, you know, if you go on a retreat, wherever, you know, and you don't have that same camaraderie or connection and support, you go there, you have maybe an amazing experience, hopefully, mm -hmm. but then you come back into your normal life and you're like, okay, but what do I do with this now? Like, how do I apply this to my life and the problems that are, are surfacing and, and this way of being? And so it's really incredible in that regard as well, because the support, the wraparound support and connection um, really makes it just stand out amongst like any other program I've been a part of. That's amazing. So I'm curious to ask, because I guess a little bit more about me and my family background with the military. So my dad was a major in the army and retired, and I believe it was 2006. I'm curious because just looking at when he retired in 06, I don't have to have the facts in front of me. I can just know <laughs> there wasn't a ton happening in the mental health community for not just veterans, but for citizens. Um, mental health, it's still not, we're getting better. We um, are focusing on mindfulness meditation, but it, it, it it's not something that's widely spoken about. Again, we're getting better, but back then, and even in the early 2000s, it wasn't what it is today. So I'm not sure, um, you know, when each of you began your service, but when you began and when you entered it and throughout your service was mental health and all those other things we mentioned, mindfulness, meditation, um, just, I guess, mental well-being in general. Was that a theme that was present in your lives, something that you were able to hone in on and talk about with your peers? Uh, I'll just share quickly because I know John has a, this kind of leads into how, how he came to be um, the deputy of Veterans Path. <laughs> but for me, it, the stigma was very strong. Even being in the medical field, even being a nurse, um, I, when I sought therapy, I went out and did it off the books because I didn't want it on my record. And, uh, you know, it, the stigma was very much there. Mm -hmm. um, do I think it was valid? I don't, I don't think so. I think if I had felt comfortable and, and received help in-house, I don't think it would have changed anything for me. Um, it, but it was that fear. And that's a lot of what we're trying mm -hmm. to do is really 
break that stigma and have as many, you know, veterans in active duty just speak up and use their voice and, and share their stories so that um, there's sort of that mentorship. Like, right, if I had had a mentor that had really taken me under their wing and been like, girl, this is hard. Like, this is so hard. Like, yeah, I go to a counselor. I do this. I'd be like, oh, okay. You know, but that wasn't really my experience. And so that's part of what we're really trying to do is kind of break that stigma um, through sharing these practices. Um, and I'll, I'll turn it over to John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I joined the Navy as an enlisted sailor in 1996 uh, and, um, and then went into the officer corps through the Naval Academy and then, and then went into the SEAL teams. And I'm trying to remember the first time I even thought about seeing any counselor, but it, it wasn't until well into my career. And I remember people joking about going to see the, the shrink, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as, as, as we called it, because it, there was a stigma surrounding it. It was obviously a, a, a negative, uh, a negative connotation to it. And right. there was also this false belief that if you went and talked to a counselor of any type, whether it's a psychologist, whether it was a psychiatrist, that you would lose your security clearance. And you have to have a secret, at least a secret clearance within the SEAL teams to to continue to serve. So nobody won. Um, And then I I think towards like the last quarter of my career, so I served 24 years, so, so I don't know, the last six or so years of that, Mm-hmm. It started to become more acceptable to go and see counselors. We, within the Naval Special Warfare community, had counselors embedded at the SEAL teams um, and at the Naval Special Warfare groups, which is the echelon, the level just above the SEAL teams, um, where, we, where we had psychiatrists as well. And um, my story actually begins back on my first deployment back in 2005. Um, where we lost a lot of uh, guys and guys that I was very close to. I ended up having a tremendous amount of um, anxiety and depression from that and then had survivor guilt that I didn't really acknowledge until many years later when I finally sat down with a counselor. Even then, I wasn't able to process it. And this one counselor was like, hey, you need to try mindfulness and meditation. And at first I kind of scoffed at him and I was like, no, man, I don't need any of that woo-woo stuff. I've got some real stuff going on with me. I'm I'm feeling anxious, depressed, um, stressed out, sad. And he was like, well, well, let me tell you this. This mindfulness meditation will make you a better SEAL. It's going to make you perform better. And SEALs... Uh, are a lot of type A personalities where we're always looking to get an edge over the competition, uh, whether the competition is the enemy on the battlefield or whether the competition is our brother right next to us running you know, in, in a physical test. Mm-hmm. But we're always trying to get an edge. So I was like, oh, well, great. It's going to make me a better SEAL. I'll try it out. So I tried it out for a few weeks, went back to him, and I was like, hey, uh, it's not working for me. And he laughed at me. I was like, well, that's like going to the gym for – know a couple of weeks and thinking that you're going to come out looking like a bodybuilder like Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh and I was like okay humble pie I'll eat some humble pie and go back and continue to practice for a while and see what happens and after about eight weeks of 
practicing regularly, I started to feel a lot better. I started to appreciate the moment, the here and the now, just what mindfulness is a lot more. And and ultimately, I, I did start to perform better. I was more focused, more productive at work. Uh, but that was kind of a you know a byproduct. I was starting right. to feel feel better. I was um, able to be aware of my emotions. Um, that survivor guilt that I mentioned earlier, I kind of pushed down and boxed up and was like, I'm never going to deal with that. And I didn't even really realize that that's what I, I was doing until I meditated and it, and I was able to be quiet and just kind of block out some of that metaphorical noise and the, the survivor guilt bubbled to the surface. And then I was able to go to the counselor and address that and really get over that, get through that. Um, so at the same time, I was starting to look at the, the exit ramp, if you will, mm-hmm. from the military and trying to figure out what it was I was going to do. And uh, a good friend of mine, mentioned that there was some organizations that were looking for uh, somebody like me with a past that I had, but they were all like real estate companies and uh, private equity, venture capital, and those were great jobs, but nothing that I was passionate about. And, uh, and then the kind of light bulb went off that as I was practicing and learning more about mindfulness meditation, I was like, well, this is what I can do for a career. And almost literally to the day that I made that decision, Veterans Path called me. They're like, "Hey, we'd be interested in bringing you on board uh, as an intern." Um, so I was able to, for the last nine months of my military career, actually serve as a Navy SEAL and continue, uh, or rather, continue as a Navy SEAL and work as the Deputy Executive Director for Veterans Path. Amazing. So. Given those programs, I think it's fantastic that you're doing this, especially during the pandemic that you're powering through. Um, given everything that's going on right now, how has that been going virtual? And I think, you know, Jackie, you were saying um, it's been great to check in with people throughout this process. So how has that just been for the organization in general? Um going throughout, I guess, what are we in, like eight, nine months now of this pandemic? And it's probably going to be longer and it's just a period of adjustment. Um, but how has that been for you guys? Yeah, uh, I'll jump in on this one. Um, <laughs> it, it's been difficult. Um, the, the real difficult part has been with those who have gone through our programs in the past, we allow veterans to go through multiple iterations of our programs. And they have this idea of what veterans past should be, and that's in-person retreats. And that's, that is absolutely something that we want to get back to, but right now we can't do that. So the difficulty has been with the, the historical veterans path versus what we are now um, and, and offering virtual retreats and it's, it's, it's tough for those who have gone through those those very intimate in-person retreats that are um, that are very effective mm-hmm. and it's hard for them to adjust to the virtual online platforms which are also very effective it's just very different right so it's been it's been a, a unique challenge definitely one I did not see coming mm-hmm. um, when I took over the deputy executive director role, 
Um, but it has also been enlightening and opened us up to opportunities that we wouldn't have otherwise been open to. Uh, we've increased our social media presence. We've been able to reach far more veterans and active duty members than we would have been able to otherwise. Mm-hmm. You can only scale in-person retreats so much. But the, the online platform, we're able to bring a lot more people in. And then our social media uh, outreach has, has also put us in contact with other nonprofits with whom we're able to partner and donors who are obviously, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. So we live and breathe off our donation fundraising. So that's that has also helped out a lot. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let Jackie uh, throw well, out anything. I guess a quick follow-up to that, because I'm a little curious, Um, you know, social media, I think for so many people during this pandemic, I mean, what what are people going to do? We're all at home. We all have access to our phones, our computers. We're going to be online. Um, So social media has been great. But with, um, and again, I don't have facts to go along with this. It's just sort of my mind as you were talking there. I was going about it with the mental health aspect and when having people you know, reach to you guys and the organization. I think a lot of the difficulties, you know, we were talking about stigma before with mental health and a lot of the difficulties with people reaching out and asking for that help is the fact that it's a lot to ask for help. Um, You know, John, I think you were talking about it before. It was a lot for you to go to somebody and say like, hey, I need help. Um, I don't feel okay. I want to get better. Um, do you think, cause you said you've, um, been engaging with more individuals. Do you think sort of the virtualness of all that's going on and being, um, more easily available, do you think that's something that's been helping you as an organization? Um, I, I would say it's a, it's a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. uh, in that, it has helped us, again, reach more people, and, and some people are able to go through the prep programs completely anonymous as well, which is a benefit. Mm-hmm. Sure. Most people may not go through the in-person retreats. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, uh, the other side of that is social media in and of itself is double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. You get so much information, but you also get a false sense of how other people are living their lives. You see only, you, you see almost exclusively the good side of other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And with isolation being what it is, that has actually increased the stress and the depression levels across not only the veteran community, but across the, the, the whole world. Mm-hmm. And when they are isolated and not able to actually engage face to face with people and see how people's lives truly are, that, that that's tough for for people, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's a whole new issue that we're having to address. So it's definitely pluses and minuses to the social media uh, and virtual world that we're we're living in. Right now. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, Jackie, if you have anything to add to um, that, maybe engagement, uh, any you know positives or negatives you've seen with it in social media. Yeah, well, I mean, one thing about social media that 
has kind of blown my mind and, you know, just reflecting on that whole what's real, what's not real thing mm-hmm. is people doing, I don't know if you've seen these, but like the side-by-side of filters, yes. of, right? Like them and then they put a filter on and it's like literally a different human being. Mm-hmm. I think that distortion that happens with social media is even more profound than I think we can rationalize in our heads. You mm-hmm. know, like there's so much manipulation going on and I, most of it I don't think is purposeful to cause harm. I think it's born out of insecurity and right. people being lonely and trying to make themselves look perfect in order to be accepted. And um, I know, especially with the younger generations and younger people in service or just existing in the world, you know, it's really having profound impact on their ability to uh, look at themselves and look intrinsically for value mm-hmm. versus extrinsically for value. And I think that's something with these practices that we come back to of everything's going within, right? right? Going in for validation, going within for knowing, finding the answers within yourself, trusting yourself and, and everything unfolds from there. And so much of what's taught in our world is to seek outside of yourself. And, and so I think, you know, with social media, I know for my own personal regard, like it's very um, curated, right? Like I, I only want to follow the things that are, you know, authentic and, you know, uplifting and, and real people being real. And, and I think that has to be a conscious choice. Um, I will say one of the main benefits I think that has come out of Veterans Path going virtual this year with everything going on. And this is kind of a pivot from, or maybe a sidestep from our primary (laughs) mission, but just like you were saying before we started recording that, you know, when everything happened in New York city, it was like a war zone right? When COVID just hit that peak. And we recognized that the team immediately recognized that um, what was happening on the front lines of the pandemic was very similar to what happens in combat. The amount of trauma, the stress, the the death, right? The moral Mm -hmm. injury, the PTS, all these things that are so similar to the military and combat are happening in our own country in the hospitals and especially in New York city. And so one of the initiatives that veterans path launched was this heroes to heroes initiative. And this was really, um, an ability to step up and step forward to support our frontline caregivers who maybe, you know, just like we were talking about the beginning, like, you know, you think, you know, what you sign up for, you really have no idea, right? You sign up to be a nurse or a doctor and you think that's going to be one thing this pandemic, nobody knew what was coming with that. And there was so much fear and uncertainty and, and truthfully there still is right. We still don't know how this is all going to unfold. And, and so we've been doing these live um, virtual meditation classes and mindfulness uh, classes with frontline caregivers in New York city and Houston and some other hospitals to really um, step into support um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, whether you serve, um, you know, overseas in the military or you're serving on our home front uh, during this pandemic, we want to, we want to support either way. And so for me, I've, I've been one of the main teachers of that program. And for me, it's been a huge gift, my background in nursing. It's <laughs> another heart center space um, and really seeing the stress and the profound weight of carrying this all on their shoulders and having an opening to kind of one, just let it out, but also really give them some tools to support them going forward because the truth is they're still in it, 
right? They're not, they're not back from deployment. They're still in it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think in this virtual pivot, um, that has been a profound gift um, of all of this. Well, like you said, and I think that's so important as well, um, family life is disrupted. And I think Veterans Path, by offering programs for family units, and you do offer programs for for children, which is so great, um, that's another really positive that I I guess I can speak for myself and for my family growing up. Um, My mom, I know uh, when my dad was serving in Iraq, I believe, she was in a new town, a new city in Pennsylvania, and she didn't know anybody there. And I think the closest support group was, it was too far away to even consider it a part of her weekly routine. So, and then with working on top of it, she's a pharmacist, it was difficult. Um, And I think just by looking at that and now with everything being virtual and having the access to just go on your computer and check in with a community of people online, that's something that's really changed the game. And again, I think really just helping people adjust to not just this crazy pandemic lifestyle, but the military lifestyle in general. Yeah. And and that's something at Veterans Path that we recognize so clearly is it's you know, not just the veteran, right? Mm -hmm. It's the entire family unit. It's the spouses and the kids and um, really wrapping everybody up in support and offering these tools and and the wellness experience because, you know, it's, if the spouse isn't doing well or the children aren't doing well, like, well, then the veteran's really not thriving either. And Mm -hmm. and if the veteran's not thriving, then the wife and the kids aren't, right? And so it's really about helping the whole family. And as you know, from your own personal experience and and seeing your mom go through it, that, you know, deployments and and military life, it doesn't just affect the veteran. It Mm -hmm. it ripples through that entire family and any, especially any trauma that's sustained while in the military, you know, that ripples through the family as well. And so we really want to make sure that every single person in the family is um, being supported and getting these tools and really has that connection and support along the way. That's great. So I'm so curious to know with everything going on with the pandemic, you know, we had mentioned before that it's sort of major planning with programs. It's adjusted that um, a little bit, but you are planning some new and exciting things. I'm not sure how much you can share, uh, whatever you feel comfortable with sharing, uh, please do. But yeah, how has that been? You're planning some new things. Um, yeah, what can you what can you share? Well, I can tell you that we're we're planning some new things, and even some, even some of the things that we've done recently have been new initiatives like mm-hmm. Jack mentioned the Heroes to Heroes initiative where we've got combat veterans talking to the healthcare workers on the front line. That that's been huge uh, for for both. I mean both for the those receiving the training and for our, our veterans who are teaching them. It's very um, a worthwhile effort there. Um, the mindful littles that you mentioned before that Mm-hmm. Mindful Littles, that's a, a standalone organization, but then what we have done is teamed up with them to specifically cater to veteran children. Um, and I think that's huge because veteran children do experience unique stressors like you well know. 
Right. And then, uh, and then the, the other one that we're very excited about and uh, the, the timing of this episode when it was published <laughs> is perfect. Uh, we, we've actually got a press release coming out next week about a new partnership with the, the Chopra Foundation for Deepak Chopra. Awesome. Very well known in the mindfulness and meditation world. And uh, their organization, are they're going to help us bring what it is we're teaching to many, many more veterans and service members. And ultimately, the, the intent there is to change lives, yes, but also to save lives. Um, that, that, that whole partnership actually originated uh, from uh, the death of, uh, of one of my old teammates. Um, he, had, he had taken his own life. And if, if anything good can come from something so tragic, it's a partnership like this where we can bring forth enlightenment. We can exactly. Help to end depression, help to end stress, or at least deal with them in a in a more rational and productive way, uh, a much more healthy way, so mm-hmm. that we truly save lives and bring down that that suicide rate among veterans that you hear about so often. It's, it's somewhere between 17 and 22 a day. Which is just average. too high. Right. And then the, the COVID pandemic has escalated that to, to somewhere between 25 and 28 veterans a day taking their lives. Um, and that, that is just not acceptable. It's not mm-hmm. acceptable. So this new partnership um, is, is really going to help to change that with, uh, with the Chopra Foundation Veterans Path. And this initiative moving forward. The press release comes out next week. Uh, so by the time this episode is awesome. published, the release will be last week. And, and on Veterans Day, we're going to do a, a webinar with, uh, with Deepak and Jackie and myself and uh, another member from, from our organization uh, to, to discuss mindfulness, meditation, and the veteran community. So that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's something we're very excited about. Great. Well, I guess then with that said... Veterans Day is coming up. This episode will be released on Veterans Day. Given the holiday and the significance it has on your lives and the community of people that, you know, you're around every day um, working at Veterans Path, what would you hope that, I guess, the civilian world would hone in on, on that day and focus on, if that makes sense. Um, what's something that I guess you would recommend individuals to focus in on and see how they can get involved and interested and learn more maybe about, um, veterans and just, you know, active duty military. Yeah. I love that you touched on this because I think a lot of times what happens with these holidays, like Memorial day and veterans day is that they turn into like discount sales. Right. Mm -hmm. And people are so focused on like online shopping or getting a new mattress that they really lose sight of like the importance and the meaning of the day. And you touched on this before about this kind of this gap in awareness of what not only other services are going through um, and, and the challenges, but really this big gap from civilian life to military life. And a lot of times, you know, as people transition out, 
that there's not a lot of guidance on how to do that and to do that successfully. And, you know, we're doing our part to really try and bridge that gap and, and support them through that. But, you know, for anybody who's listening, who has not served, um, but I would offer the opportunity on this day to reach out to somebody because most likely there's somebody in your circle that is serving or has served or has a child that's serving um, or a parent that's serving um, to just reach out and have a conversation. Um, I think so much of the stigmas and the things that keep um, veterans struggling is not having anybody to talk to about things or not feeling heard or seen. And if one person reaches out to you and is interested in just learning about you and your experience, that could be life-changing for someone. So I think that is what I would recommend. That's great. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole Veterans Path organization, you guys are doing so much. And, you know, we talked about before with this pandemic, everybody's on social media a little bit more. So I hope that, you know, with this episode coming out and with the holiday, given everything with that, that people can check out your organization and learn about you both, your work, um, your history with service and try and get involved. So also how can people then get involved with Veterans Path if, you know, they are veterans or if they're just civilians looking to help or Jackie, like you said, has somebody in their life who is serving or just knows somebody who has or is currently serving, um, how can they get involved? So uh, we, we are on social media. You can find us on just about every platform on social media. Just search for Veterans Path. Uh, and then our website is veteranspath.org. And on that website, we have a contact us uh, sign up. So if you have any questions, you can fill that out and hit send. And that comes directly to me. Uh, so I, I see all those messages and, uh, and I try to answer them all as best I can. And if I can't answer them, then I forward them on to whomever in our organization can. Um, so that's, that's a way to find out more about our organization, find out about the programs that we offer, uh, see us on, again, social media. You can see what we're doing. We have a podcast as well, also entitled Veterans Path, where we bring members who have gone through our programs and we also bring experts in the mindfulness, meditation, and mental health arena onto the show to talk about their, their journeys to, to mental health or, or mindfulness meditation. Um, and then if you're looking to donate, we're veteranspath.org forward slash donate. That's, uh, that's always a great way to, to help out. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, when people go to donate, they don't really know where the money goes to. And, um, you know, the money that's donated goes directly to the programming that helps, like John was saying, not only um, reach out and, and help these veterans, but in some ways really help save some lives. And that's really our, our bottom line at the end of the day is to, to save veteran lives. Right. Another thing I wanted to plug is that, John, you have a podcast yourself, um, and I highly encourage people to check that out. I hope everybody enjoyed hearing from you that they will definitely want to check that out because it's hard to, as we talked about, there's so many different challenges and issues that veterans and active duty military face on the daily and that their families face. Um, 
And it was hard I, when I was <laughs> uh, composing my questions and topics for uh, this conversation. I was like, there's so much to talk about. And it's going to be so hard to <laughs> talk about all those different things. And also Veterans Path. So I love that on this podcast, you do talk about all those different issues. So I highly encourage anybody, I guess, interested to learn more or, or hear more about the work that you do to check that out as well. Thank you for that plug. I appreciate it. <laughs> and that's probably something else that somebody could do on Veterans Day. You know, if you wanted to learn about some of the challenges that veterans experience, there's, uh, I don't know, 60 something episodes on there. Uh, and, and most of them are our veterans themselves. And they share, uh, I mean, Jackie's been on, on the show and, and uh, <laughs> she was a great guest of mine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we all, we learn about the military uh, and what it is to serve, um, you know, Jackie mentioned what you can do on Veterans Day, and I think having somebody sit down and, and just talk to you, I think that's a, a phenomenal thing, being that resource for a veteran. I mean, like uh, veterans say, you know, everybody just wants to say thank you for your service. And while I appreciate being thanked for my service, mm -hmm. I also feel that serving was a unique honor and privilege, and I look back on it as uh, an amazing opportunity to have served. Uh, so it, in a weird way, it feels funny to be thanked. Uh, <laughs> uh, so at times, I just wish that somebody would just listen to my story, and here you are doing that for me. So thank you for that, Catherine. I thank you for that opportunity. Of course. Well, again, it was such an honor and a privilege to talk to you both. But before we go, before we conclude, um, with this being handling it and everybody, you know, as we just talked about, there's so many ups and downs to handle throughout life. Um, what has been a piece of advice or a lesson you've learned? And this could be through your service or just in life in general, that's really helped you handle, yeah, handle your life. I think, um, you know, there's, there's a lot that has helped me along the way. There's a lot of people, a lot of, uh, mantras, I think, um, to just breathe, um, take a breath, just if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling, um, uncertain, if you, you know, just all the, the things that kind of trigger you, if you can just pause and, and take a breath and find your breath, it's just such a beautiful anchor, um, and brings you back to the moment. Um, and I think, the other part of that would be to, to allow yourself to feel what you need to feel because a lot of what I did, even through my spiritual practices, as I, you know, years into this was sort of bypass the harder stuff to get myself back into the good. Uh, cause that's where I wanted to live. Right. right. And, um, and the truth is when we are just present and we can allow ourselves to embrace in the harder stuff, then it moves through us. It doesn't get stuck within us. Mm -hmm. And then when we get to the really good stuff, we get to just be fully present with that too. Um, and then from my perspective, uh, one, I echo what, what Jackie says there, uh, but then, um, what I termed the eight F's of mental health. And I, I've screwed this up when I've brought this up in the past, but I'll, I'll try to make sure that I get them right. Uh, so faith, uh, having faith, whether that's uh, spiritual faith or just having a faith in the universe or having faith in yourself, having some level mm -hmm. of faith, 
um, fitness, whether that's actually getting into the gym and just destroying herself in the gym or getting up off the couch and walking around the block. Family and friends, that's two more. So leaning on your families and friends, always try to reach out to someone when you're when you're struggling with, with something. Um, food, and that's food as in eating right, not not comfort food. Although comfort <laughs> food is called that for a reason, but eating right because right, if you eat right, then you can really start to feel a lot better, literally, physically, and, mm-hmm. and mentally. Um, focus, that's uh, that's another one. Focus is having something to focus on. Whether that's your job or, you know, a hobby, uh, working with your hands, working with your mind, whatever, something to focus on. Um, finances, making sure your finances are in order. Try to keep that as much in order as you can because that can be a stress on an individual and a stressor on the family and relationships. And then finally, just having having fun. Um, so those are my eight Fs. Faith, fitness, friends, family, food focus, finances, and fun. You got them all. <laughs> <laughs> that was impressive. <laughs> I'm practicing because I did want to show not too long ago and totally mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you nailed it. Don't worry. But yeah, um, thank you both again. Thank you for your service. Um, and with that, like you said, John, I hope that individuals will challenge themselves on the Veterans Day holiday to get more involved. You know, a lot of times I see hashtags and pictures, which is great. We love awareness, but we also love involvement and that's really big. So, um, I'm going to be linking everything, the podcast, social medias, everything, the website in the episode bio. So everybody can go, um, check out all the incredible work you guys are doing, but yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us tonight. All right. I hope you all loved hearing from John and Jackie and learning about their work with Veterans Path. As Jackie, John, and I discussed, there's many different ways you can celebrate and acknowledge Veterans Day. Reaching out to a veteran that you know or their loved ones, thanking them for their service, or even checking in on them is a great way to start. Another way, as we mentioned, is to listen and learn. So I have left a link in the episode description for the Veterans Path podcast that's hosted by John and a link to the Veterans Path website if you're looking to get involved. So thank you, John and Jackie, so much for coming on and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.